The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, we don't have a Marilyn Monroe to sing happy birthday to President Trump, so we just extended that song to him. Today is June 14th. It is the official day called Flag Day. It is the birthday of the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump, and it is also the fourth birthday of my grandson, Carter Kaufman. So it's a day um, worthy of celebration. Now, of course, as my producer pointed out, um, you know, my grandson's birthday seems to have gone on for a month. It started when I was out in L.A. and we did an early birthday party, and then it continued right until uh, this afternoon, actually. It'll still be going on out there in Los Angeles. He had a birthday party at some climbing facility on Saturday, and he's going to have another party tonight at home. So, you know, when you're a kid, birthdays are wonderful things. By the time you're 77, like President Trump, uh, birthdays might involve arraignments. Well, particularly if you're President Trump. Now, if you're Hillary Clinton, it will not involve an arraignment. Of that, I can assure you. I haven't had any guests on this week, and today I'm I'm, do, I'm having two guests on, and uh, both of them are local um, leaders, and both of them have a lot to say, and one of them, who has run repeatedly for office, Joe Kaufman, uh, was able to accomplish something uh, in the last couple of uh, weeks that I wanted to allow him to talk about on the air, so he'll be on at 12.30, but my friend Alan Bergstein from the Judeo-Christian Republican Club up there in Palm Beach, he'll be on at 12.15 because he has written a piece which literally, I mean, uh, it sounds like you know a Joyce Kaufman monologue, um, only it's actually uh, even better because he is a person who knows how to write. I don't know how to write. Uh, I do, but I don't like to write. I like to talk. And so sometimes talking is not as coherent as writing has to be. So I've invited him on as well to talk about his uh, his version of what's going on in our country. It's not any different than mine. It's probably not any different than yours. Uh, it's just that he is a gifted columnist. And so therefore, uh, I was just touched. I, I love all his columns, but this one really got to me. And I emailed him last night and said, you got to come on the show. And and talk about this, and he agreed to do that. You know, one of the things that has become painfully clear to me in the last um, few few months is that for seven years, you know, I've watched the Democratic Party try to erase Donald Trump from the political landscape, and they have done this by caricaturing a, a lifetime pragmatic liberal, when you think about it, a supporter of school choice programs, that always he said thought would it benefit inner kids, and now he is being painted as a white supremacist and a bigot, and all they wanted to do was derail his 2015 presidential run, and they they actually used U.S. intelligence agencies to violate the FISA laws, to spy on his campaign, to harass his uh, operatives, and then to concoct a phony dossier to portray him as a traitor who was colluding with the Russians. And they formed a resistance, really, to his presidency, and they never really accepted the result 
of his 2016 election. And over the next seven years, they've done everything possible to destroy the political opposition. And it even included two partisan impeachments. Uh, that's half the total impeachments in the nation's history, and the only two that did not reflect a bipartisan consensus, but were blatantly political in nature. And when these abuses of the democratic processes failed, then they pursued legislative means to make him an unperson and eradicate him from public life. And just before the Republican-controlled Senate voted not to impeach private citizen Trump in February back in 2021, Chuck Schumer publicly vowed that if the Senate did convict him, as Senate Majority Leader, he would hold a vote to block Trump from ever holding public office again. And the legal basis for that ban was uh, some sort of questionable interpretation of the 14th Amendment, uh, amendment, uh, an amendment that was designed to prevent leaders of the Confederacy who had engaged in an armed rebellion from holding office in the government against which they had declared war. The Democrats have no filters for their Trump hatred. They, they even attacked the patriotic themes of his presidency, uh, you know, putting America first or making America great again. They actually sponsored a bill that would have barred the federal government from naming any buildings or monuments after Donald Trump and also would have prevented him from being buried at Arlington National Cemetery. The Democrat from California, Linda Sanchez, the congresswoman, went a step further and introduced a No Glory for Hate Act that would bar Trump from receiving his federal pension, from getting office space and paid staff as every other former president gets. She said his name should not even be permitted to appear on a park bench. These people are demented, truly demented. And now, as the Biden administration moves into its third year with so many people disenfranchised from him, even in the Democrat Party, and of course, President Trump, now a presidential candidate again, and leading all the Republican primary contenders by 30 points at least, he gets targeted by bogus lawsuits and and, and a campaign to turn the phrase MAGA Republicans into a stigma. The New York District Attorney even pursued him at a cost to taxpayers of $250 million for having Stormy Daniels sign an NDA. And now, of course, the Justice Department, or as he called it last night in his comments, the Injustice Department, has indicted him on 37 felony charges for essentially one allegedly criminal act. But they did it on purpose. The multiplication of felonies meant that he was facing a maximum of 500 years in prison. You know, th that was how they were going to get him a death penalty, really. And at the same time, this Biden government is committing these offenses against American traditions, against a man who guided one of the most successful administrations in American history against the respect of Americans reserved for their political opponents and especially their president, it's marshalling the powers of the government to obstruct the investigations of a Biden family influence peddling operation. You can't make this stuff up, nor would I want to make it up. The assault on Trump is an assault on the security of all Americans, and it's the gravest threat to our constitutional order. We gotta defeat them.
this rogue Democrat Party. We have to defeat them in the next election. It's, a, it's mandatory. And the greatest assets to American patriots in this war are their own arrogance and a leader on our team who cannot be intimidated into abandoning his principles or his love for his country. If the presidential election were held today, Donald Trump would win. Why? Because he's been tested by fire and he's earned the loyalty of American patriots of all colors and creeds. The Democrats' attacks lost their potency because of the selfishness of their goals and their contempt for their fellow citizens, which has become more and more obvious over time. If Trump is in prison when the election is held as the Democrats intend him to be, he'll probably still win for the same reasons. And that is a very, very high bar for him to have to overcome. I got an email from some PAC the Future org, um, ostensibly it says, from Nancy Pelosi. And this is the, the body of the email. It says, it says, I'm sorry to email again, but you need to see this. The New York Times reported that Trump is raising over $200,000 per day to win back the presidency and endanger our democracy. Joyce, I know I ask a lot of you. She asks a lot. She doesn't get anything. But this ask couldn't be more important. Donald Trump is on track to raise an astronomical amount to smear our Democrats and propel him and his fellow extremists back into power. We can't, with all capital letters, let him get away with it. So what I'm asking you personally, before midnight, will you rush $15 <laughs> or whatever you can? You know, send a buck to us? Because if 2,500 more democracy-loving supporters chip in before our deadline, we'll have the resources to erase his fundraising edge and keep him and his fellow extremists from buying another term in power. Will you step up? So I did just that. I stepped up. Now, I didn't send money to, to Nancy Pelosi and, and whatever this is, the pacttothefuture.org. No, no, no. I sent money to a PAC supporting Republican candidates and Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, thanks for the reminder. That's all I can say, you know, that I should put my money where my mouth is. And I did. And my, my money and my mouth are not with you, Nancy Pelosi. Not at all. All right. Let me, uh, let me take a quick break. At 12.15, I had promised I'd bring on my friend Alan Bergstein. So um, I'm going to do that. Don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. Then you get all the No, no Restraint podcasts and everything right on your cell phone. You can listen to the show on your cell phone. And if you don't want to do that, go to our website, 850WFTL.com. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, so welcome back. And I, I said I wanted to share this column. It's a letter, actually, that my friend Alan Bergstein had written to the members of his club, as well as all of his friends. And, you know, he, he writes these columns in the form of, of a letter. And he, uh, he writes this particular one saying, I'm writing this as a fervent, patriotic American war veteran on the Monday preceding the fascist-like indictment of former President Trump by the Biden administration and as a former, as former Jewish umbilical cord Democrat. Alan, how are you today? <laughs> 
I'm doing well, thanks, and I'm honored to be on your show, Joyce. Oh, you know, you're one of my favorites. And, you know, the funniest part about this is, like, I did not realize that you and I left the Democrat Party formally the same year. Um, You over the Oslo Accords, me over the whoremonger President Bill Clinton. Um, But you're absolutely right in every single detail that you put into this letter. Um, And just share with the audience, you know, why you feel so disenfranchised as a patriot right now for, in your own country? Well, I've lived long enough to understand that this, this country at one time was a fervent patriotic country. I lived during World War II. I was a kid during World War II. And if anyone got up and said, listen, we have to understand the Japanese and the Germans, why they want to attack us and destroy us, you know, hear us out, we would have destroyed the person. Right. Now we are embracing these people. We're listening to the voices supporting our enemy. I, I can't understand this, and I want to fight against this. You mm-hmm. and I may be fighting a losing battle. I don't know. I, I'm depressed about the situation. But we it have is. to keep on fighting to keep America strong. And I, I see now that we are a country ruled by fascists and demagogues. Fascists and demagogues. Yeah. Starting and- with Obama and, and now Biden. Right. And and here we are, you know, this country that um, that really gave us so many opportunities um, has taken away all these freedoms, freedom of speech gone. You know, uh, you point out that try to get a conservative to finish uh, even a, a forget a lecture at any university to be allowed on the stage. You know, when these heathens storm stages and attack everybody who is not going to swear allegiance to the left. Well, t- take local. I'm local. I don't know mm-hmm. what happens in Ohio, or Delaware, what happens. I'm local. I used to speak at least once every two weeks in a synagogue or, or a social group. No more. Mm-hmm. I'm banned, just as you are. Try to get into one of the local synagogues and speak. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to put your foot in the door. Right. And Jewish you, institutions. Right. And you even point out Jewish institutions that um, all did well especially those that support Israel, under President Trump, who moved the embassy to Jerusalem and kept all his promises to the Jewish uh, state nation, and they didn't want to hear that. Well, you know what? You know, I, I, I'll tell this with pride. Jewish people are successful, more so than any other minority. Look at right here in South Florida. They're affluent, they're wealthy, they're knowledgeable, they have Internet, they have television. Why are so many of them supporting a party that despises Israel, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, uh, Ayanna Presley. The party despises Israel together with Obama. Why do they still support that party? Well, this the same party that despises America. That's the really disgusting part of it. Well, I, 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 you and I are fighting a, a battle. It may mm-hmm. be a losing battle. But we have to try to wake up Americans, especially the ones down here, that we, we are entering, uh, we're going over the precipice. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think we may already be over that now with Biden mm-hmm. and the, uh, the, the treatment of Donald Trump. What has he done? What has he done to disparage America? Has he ever said anything negative about America? Look what he's done in his mm-hmm. term. I don't want to go through the, the, the accomplishments of Trump. Why are they bashing him? Why are they pillorying him? 
putting, trying to put him in prison for life now. This is what mm-hmm. you would do in Havana. This is what you would do uh, in, uh, in the Palestinian area. This is what you would do in China right. or in Venezuela. Why are, we, why are we accepting this? Right. And, and the greatest, you know, uh, lesson, I think, for America, and I'm, you, you and I are trying to make them wake up and, and learn this lesson, is here's a guy who literally terrified all the totalitarian leaders, all the dictators, all the Putins in the world, all the Xi Jinping's, none of them made any aggressive moves towards anybody while he was in the White House, but the left doesn't give him any credit for that. Instead, they want to prosecute him under the espionage um, statute, which is insane. The last thing he would do is sell out America. For four years, we were told that he was a Putin advocate. He was a Putin spy for Putin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Schiff said that he had seen papers that definitely pointed the finger at Trump as being an agent for Putin. And where did that go? Nowhere. Nowhere. And, and you know, Donald I'm, Trump— I'm a, little, I'm a little concerned about the future of the country, Joyce. Yeah, I am too, but I'm also hopeful because we have a champion who won't, you know, won't stand down. Um, this will ruin him. This will break his bank because the cost of the law lawfare that he's going to have to um, endure for the next year and a half and then possibly even longer— um, would break anyone. It destroyed Michael Flynn. It's destroyed many a person who could not afford to fight the good fight. Donald Trump is willing to put all that on the line and to take all the slings and arrows. But it's what he said at the beginning. He said, it's not me they're coming after. It's you and your freedoms. I'm just in their way. And I believe that today. They have proven that today. Well, here's, here's what I tell people. I believe that we are now in Berlin in 1932. Mm. We're facing a situation where the few of us know what's coming. The good, the good Germans in 1932, the anti-Nazis in 1932, warned the Germans, look what's coming. Adolf Hitler, read his book, Mein Kampf. Mm-hmm. They knew what was coming, and they were over, overridden. They were overthrown, and look what they got. We're heading the same way now. We're trying mm. to wake people up to the disaster coming from the Democrat Party. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I know. We have it's, to work. We have we, to continue to work hard on this. Yeah, and we're not going to give up. That's the thing about us. You know, um, the, the scary part for me, and I think for you as well, is they're indoctrinating entire generations, you know, and how do we undo that? You know, if children think that they determine what gender they are and children think that this is a nation that was built on white supremacy and all kinds of evil things, how do you reach them? You know, our generation, maybe we can reach some of them, but I don't know how you can reach those that have been brought up in this in this sort of n- negative well, mindset. Look at from, from kindergarten to graduate school, mm-hmm. the kids are being indoctrinated by leftists. Mm-hmm. From the kindergarten teacher to the doctorate professor that you take, right. all, all indoctrinated. You can't have a, a, a conservative speak in any college today. They are banned, literally banned. The free speech space, which should be the college, closed now to right. conservatives. Yeah. Hey, when I went to college, debate was encouraged. Now you can't debate. You have to get in your safe space and don't say anything that might upset me. And, yeah, so we're raising a bunch of, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm reading Josh Hawley's new book about becoming a man, being a man. 
And what I see and what scares me the most is we are not raising men anymore, men who lead families, men who lead countries, men who lead congregations. Instead, we have a bunch of uh, sissies, Alan, and, and we, I didn't grow up in a world like that. Neither do I. Men are being disparaged now. It's embarrassing mm-hmm. to say you're a man. If you're right. a transgender man, that's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More than two sexes? I don't understand this. No. I thought we were the uh, the science deniers. I mean, science is pretty clear about the X and Y chromosomes. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they're teaching, but it's scary. Anyway, I want to thank you for coming on, Alan. And most of all, I want to thank you listen, for all... I appreciate it. I, I love you, and I listen to you, and I support you. And you're doing God's work, Joyce. Amen. God bless you. Take care, Alan. I appreciate that. And of course, thank you the... very much. I appreciate it again, Joyce. Take All care. right. He is at the helm, along with some other great human beings of the uh, Judeo Republican Club in Palm Beach County. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm talking to uh, to my friend Joe Kaufman who really accomplished something that is very difficult to do. And, you know, he'll tell you himself how he did it and why he did it. So you don't want to touch that dial. You want to hear what uh, Joe Kaufman has to tell you. I'll be right back. All right. And welcome back. You know, all week long, I didn't take any guests because I had so much to talk about. But then I really wanted to talk to Alan Bergstein, and I really wanted to talk to Joe Kaufman. So Joe is my next guest. Most of you know who Joe is. Uh, Most of you in Broward County voted for Joe, so (laughs) uh, I don't have to give you a whole explanation of who he is. Um, But Joe is a one-man, I don't even know how to describe it. He's a one-man army trying to push back on radical Islamists in this country. And he has had a lot of successes in his lifetime, uh, been successful against CARE, which nobody is ever successful again against. And, and now he's managed to, uh, to do something pretty impressive here in Broward County. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hey, Joyce. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And, and of course, um, when I, I, ta- I received the text from you the other day, I was, you know, I couldn't even figure out what you were talking about. So share with the audience uh, what exactly was going on at the Broward County School Board. So uh, there was an, there's an individual that was appointed um, by uh, Dr. Jeff Holmes. He's, uh, he's one of the few members uh, to the school board's diversity committees and the human relations, uh, the, the diversity committee and the human relations committee. She actually chairs the Human Relations Committee. Um, she, I saw that she was uh, posting a number of anti-Semitic things on, on her social media. I knew she was involved with a number of uh, radical Muslim organizations like CARE and Islamic Social Views America. Uh, she's the advisor for the local uh, MSAs, the Muslim Students Association. Associations. Um, she's very involved with the different radical mosques in, in the area. So... So I knew she was bad news, mm-hmm. and and I uh, had contacted Dr. Holmes's office, uh, gave him the information, and and really, I want to thank him. I want to thank him for doing the right thing by removing uh, Mamakan Gami from these two committees in the in the school board. I I know it's not an easy thing to do. Right. You know these, these politicians they. They go with their friends, and 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 Dr. Holmes was was, was uh, also doing that. You know, he's going with a clique of, of of political 
uh, acquaintances to these different radical mosques, taking photo ops with with Kangani, and, and of course Kangani is involved in in, in, in all of these in all of these visits. Mm-hmm. And and it's and and I understand, you know, politicians, a lot of them. I don't know if they really care about that community or not, um, but a lot of politicians see votes, and mm-hmm. and 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 Dr. Holmes, to his credit, he he didn't take the easy way out by ignoring this because you know if you ignore this, usually it'll just go away because mm-hmm. you're not going to have the Jewish community, you know, being upset or or, or or anything. It'll usually go away. But he did the right thing. And he removed there. I'll, I'll tell you, like, going politicians, I just wrote another article um, uh, about the Broward County Mayor, Lamar Fisher. Mm-hmm. It's something very similar. He, he went to this Islamic Center of, of South Florida, another radical mosque, gave a speech there for their, for their Ramadan. I, I wrote an article about it. He, he, sat, he sat with and took photo ops with their, with their different radicals from, from that particular mosque. Also speaking, by the way, at that mosque that that Ramadan sent, just like just like Mayor Fisher was the imam for that mosque, Fadik Wali, who who recently said that Jews were the lowest of the lowest. That that uh, that that the reason why people um, uh, say that Jews are cheap is a, is a, from from Allah against the Jews, who blames who blames uh, female victims of of rape for the attacks that happened against against them, who, who laments at the fact that, 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 uh, that the gay community has not been destroyed um, by Allah. Um, mm. You know, all of these things. And here you have the mayor speaking at that event. And the mayor, the mayor actually responded. He wrote, me a, he wrote me a letter. And I'm not going to read the letter, but the gist is that he, 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 he ran away from anything controversial. He said he did nothing wrong. He said, here's, a, here's, a, here's an organization or a group in Broward County, he represents Broward County, and they invited him to speak. I would yeah. like to know if the, if the mayor, because we know there's, there's some clan in, in, in South Florida, Ku Klux right. Klan, I would like to know if he would also be willing to speak if, at, at a Ku Klux Klan meeting in, in, in South Florida if they invited him to speak. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't see, I really don't see very much difference. Both <laughs> Also spreading the same type of hate, mm-hmm. and and uh, and the mayor by saying something like that, he's just basically throwing it off like there's no problem. But it is a problem because he's legitimizing these groups. He's yeah. legitimizing this hate. He's legitimizing this terror. And mm-hmm. and and again, uh, I I thank the school board member, Dr. Holmes, for doing the right thing. The mayor should do the right thing as well and and denounce these. He's been affiliated for years with those groups because when he was in Pompano, when he was serving uh, his, in Pompano, he was also, um, you know, always excusing um, and saying, well, I represent everybody. And, and if there's a mosque, I'll go there. And if there's a synagogue, I'll go there. As if a synagogue and a mosque had equivalent uh, stature in this community. This is a Judeo-Christian nation. And while we tolerate all religions, it doesn't mean we embrace their philosophies. And certainly these mosques that are preaching hatred and anti-Semitism, we don't. But look, you know, it starts at the top. I mean, I'm sure you uh, know all about Ramzi Kassam. This is who President uh, Biden 
and, and uh, uh, you know, who this is a guy who represented an al-Qaeda terrorist who's now setting immigration policy for the Biden administration. You know, I, I don't understand why Democrats in particular seem to hate uh, preserving the rights of Jews and Christians in this nation. Like, uh, it, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, Kassam is a, a, a law professor and a terrorist, law, a lawyer for terrorists, and he's been saying since 9-11 that the government, you know, uh, deploys violence against the Muslims. I don't know that that's true. I mean, h- how does this happen, Joe? Is it because the American public doesn't pay attention? Well, you know, you know it's... It, it's... <laughs> in, the, in the end, just as you know, it, it's all about politics. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's all about votes. It's, it, it's all about, you know, reaching to communities that you gain power and, and money and, and votes from. I'm not mm-hmm. saying all politicians are like that, mm-hmm. but, but most are. I, I, you know, I, I, excuse my language, but most politicians, are, yeah. um, they, they play this game, and, and, and I know the game well because I ran for office. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned about the, the mosque with regards to, uh, to Mayor Fisher when he was the mayor of, of Pompano Beach. Yeah. That's the same mosque that he just showed up at. And okay. back then, I thought he was embarrassed enough not to do this again. Because if you remember, like it, was, it was over a decade ago, he brought this to imam from that, from that mosque, the elder imam named Hassan Sabri. He brought right. him in to give the, the prayer for mm-hmm. the... For the uh, for the city council meeting. Oh, and, I remember. And, and and the mayor stood the mayor stood up and told his his fellow council members and the entire audience to stand and bow their heads mm. for for this radical who who basically was cursing them to their face. And then and then uh, when they, right when they started in uh, on the pledge of allegiance, that imam printed out of there fast enough. He mm-hmm. might as well have been running a, a, a marathon. He, he was bolting for that door um, so so quickly not to be able to stand there for the pledge of allegiance, just like, just like the council and the, and, and the audience were. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have thought that the mayor would have been embarrassed enough at that situation not to do this again. But here he is, over 10 years later, still affiliated with that same imam, who mm-hmm. now, has, now has another imam cursing the Jews cursing gays, blaming women for rape. I mean, it's, it's, it's just pathetic. It is. It's shameful. And as you and I have always, uh, you know, and, and my last guest, Alan Bergstein, too, what's so frustrating to us is that um, we can't even depend on the Jewish community to defend themselves. You know, they enable and, and, and actually promote this kind of insanity. Uh, in the name of I don't know what equity, uh, you know, uh, ha- how about just admitting that we have a real problem? I still say to people, you know, we had an episode that happened in this country, or maybe as uh, Rashida Talid or Elon Omar would refer to it as uh, an occurrence or a thing on 9-11 of 2001, and we all hit the snooze button as if it could never happen again. Meanwhile, Iran has nuclear weapons now and is going to give them to whoever asks, who means us no good. And, and, and the Jewish community, particularly here in Broward County, doesn't understand that at all. Well, this, this diversity committee is, is comical in itself because here you have this, this woman, a leader in the, in the diversity committee, this name of Kandani, who... And thankfully, is no longer going to be sitting there come, come July 1st. Mm-hmm. But she, 
she has a photo on her Facebook that she did before she removed basically everything off of her Facebook page when this came out. But she had a photo on her Facebook of her next to an individual who had joked about threatening to blow up a school. Mm. So here you have somebody sitting on sitting in the school board, but but also proud of a picture where she's sitting next to an individual who who had joked about threatening to blow up a school. Mm. That's how bad this this is. This yeah. is a joke. And if, yeah. they, and, if, and if that's the type of people that they want on the diversity committee, then this diversity committee shouldn't exist in the first place. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, uh, I do, I also, uh, I'll make sure to let, uh, you know, Dr. Dale Holness know that um, my audience appreciates him doing the right thing. That could not have been easy for him um, because I know the people he runs with. And, uh, you know, they're all, they'll all bow down to the imam. So, uh, you know, we'll certainly make sure that anybody who sees um, Dale Holness in public thank him for doing the right thing because that, you know, it's rare. And we should at least thank him. So thanks for bringing that to our attention, Joe. Always appreciate it's, uh, talking it's, to you. Uh, it's, sorry, it's, Je- it's Jeff Holness. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, I'm think, sorry. I think Dale may be a yeah, no, Dale. Maybe yeah. a father or brother or cousin. Yeah, sure. and he's definitely not the same mindset. <laughs> exactly. Thank Lots you so much. I appreciate <laughs> anyway, it. Thank you so Take much. Take care. All right. Um, yeah, no, listen, John, uh, Jeff Holness, that's right. I, I mis- uh, misspoke. Um you don't have to walk up to Dale Holness. As a matter of fact, if you do walk up to him, you know, shield your eyes. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Um, don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock is Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock is Ben Shapiro. At 5 o'clock is Matt Walsh. And then the WPTV News at 6 o'clock. Joe Pags, Lars Larson, Red Eye Radio, all the good stuff that comes all day long. And the morning show will be back at uh, approximately 6 a.m. So I still have one segment left in the show. Stay right where you are. So from uh, one of the uh, guys who who I love and who follows uh, various people on Facebook and oca- occasionally he'll send me a quote. This is from somebody named Jerry Boyd. I don't know who that is. He'll say, the key to understanding the decline of this once great nation to a point where it is in great peril can be found in an analysis of the following. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We stopped being a nation under God decades ago when we threw him out of our public places under pressure from the anti-God communists who have infiltrated all levels of our government. We stopped being indivisible when the leftists in power intentionally fomented classes, clashes between the races and began pushing one racial group as more deserving than any other. We abandoned liberty when the rights of conservatives were relegated to second class, when parents' rights to determine what is best for their children were deemed secondary to the right of government to make that determination. Especially under this current administration, justice has been ignored. Rather than impartial and objective, the so-called justice system has been hijacked to the point that those of one political perspective do not receive justice at all, and those of the opposing political perspective are not brought to justice, no matter the weight of their evidence. The justice system has become politicized, and that alone will lead to the death of this nation. And I, I couldn't agree more. It's what I had intimated when I was talking about the, uh, the new uh, policy uh, maker for immigration policy, mind you, for Joe Biden. Um, R- Ramzi Kassam wrote in an op-ed back in September of 2001 after the, uh, the 
the world trade and, and, and all of the terrorism that was wreaked in America. He said the perpetrators were probably not driven to their actions by some intrinsic evil or inherent hatred of the good United States. And he went on to argue that the Al-Qaeda attack a week earlier was the result of the, quote, resentment these terrorists fell, felt towards the United States as a result of, quote, our country's policies. Two decades later, now he's a law professor at, at the City University of New York. He's a prominent terror lawyer. He claimed in a Washington Post op-ed that since 9-11, the government has consistently used the law to enable, operationalize, and justify the violence it has deployed against Muslims. I don't know what he's talking about. And next year, he will be the senior policy advisor for immigration at the White House Domestic Policy Council. This is a guy who was born in Syria, grew up in Lebanon, Iraq, and every other Islamic terrorist state that you can name, arrives in this country to go to college and spread terrorist propaganda before becoming a lawyer and then defending a bunch of terrorists. If you ask me, I think he's much more of a national security risk than Donald Trump. So, you know, what the heck is going on in my country? He boasted of having held the record for the longest delayed security clearance in the Guantanamo setting. But even that does not seem to have dissuaded the Biden administration from bringing him on board. You know, some people leave their extremist views of their college years. This guy built a career around them, becoming a noted terrorist lawyer whose Gitmo inmate clients included Ahmed al-Darbi, who was an al-Qaeda terrorist and the brother-in-law of one of the hijackers who flew a plane into the Pentagon and who was himself a key figure in the bombing of an oil tanker. Now, lawyers represent paying clients, but Qassam, like so many terror lawyers, works pro bono, which means that his advocacy is his support for Islamic terrorism. In his columns, as in his activism, Ramzi Qassam repeatedly justifies terrorism as a reaction to its victims. Terrorism is but one of many reactions to oppression and dispossession and not their cause. While he was at Columbia University, he co-founded Turath, an association of Muslim students, and then Qunan at Columbia Law. A fellow student described these hateful groups as having brought under the guidance of Mr. Kassam, speakers to the campus that support violence against American and Israeli civilians defended the genocidal program of Hamas. The Columbia letter noted that one speaker, disavowed by many of America's pro-Palestinian activists prior to being invited to Columbia, had said that Jews exist only to dip their matzahs in the blood of Palestinian children. That's the most anti-Semitic blood libel, but apparently it didn't interfere with his career prospects. You know, he's an obsession with Jews, extended even to condemning Columbia's uh, uh, dining hall for serving Israeli wrap sandwiches and demanding that the name be changed to the more inclusive Middle Eastern wrap. But not all of his, of his hostility to Jews was nonviolent. In his own columns for the university paper, he boasted of throwing stones at Israel. 
On a sunny day in early August, I headed down to the Lebanese-Israeli border at Fatima's Gate with the busloads of Palestinian adolescents from the refugee Fabra and Shatila, and we threw some stones, he described. Lebanese civilians, young and old, were playfully going through the motions. Having lived through my fair share of Israeli bombardments, raids, and sieges, I figured I might as well partake in the festivities. The festivities? Oh, you know, he's got all these excuses for why, you know, Palestinians resort to terrorism. He was named the Paul and Daisy Soros Fellow. By the way, did you hear what the young Soros, who has now taken over his father's uh, uh, societies, open societies and all the rest of it, and said, I will be far more political than my father. Far more political than George Soros. These are very, very troubling times. They really are. And the fact that so many Americans, you know, uh, allow themselves to look at what's going on and don't do their homework, don't know what they're talking about, is really sad to me. You know, but there's a handful of us. The God has said there would always be a remnant. You know, we're the remnant. You know, put on your, uh, put on your full armor and, and, you know, tie up the laces on your boots because uh, we've got a battle on our hands, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been sitting pretty, pretty long, and now it's time to, uh, you know, to, to pay for the, the fact that I, that he didn't pay careful attention and that I allowed them to trick me. You know, you were always looking at the shiny thing. We all were, and now we find out that uh, while we were looking at that shiny thing in their left hand, their right hand was wreaking havoc in our country. We got to make this right. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, you just have to be yourself and stand for something because anybody who will not stand on their principles will fall for anything. And Donald Trump said yesterday, he made a quote that you know I use all the time. He said it is better to die standing on your feet than it is to die kneeling. I'm not kneeling down to these powers. I'm going to be on my feet. The only, per the only entity I kneel down to is God. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.